Chapter Twelve of Bransford of Rainbow Range by Eugene Manlove Rhodes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: The Siege of Double Mountain. Tameo de Naos et Donne Ferentes. The Dictionary. Hooey! Hello! As the curtain rose to the flying echoes, Long stepped to the edge of the dump frying-pan in hand and sent back an answering shout in the startled high notes of a lonely man taken unawares hello he brandished his hospitable pan then he put it down cupped his hands to mouth and trumpeted a hearty welcome chuck come up supper's ready can't see anyone go by about two hours ago eh louder see a man on a sorrel horse no i've been in the tunnel come up can't we're after an outlaw what after a murderer wait a minute i'll go down too hard to yell so far mr long started precipitately down the zigzag but the riders had got all the information of interest that mr long could furnish and they were eager to be in at the death can't wait he's inside the mountain somewheres some of the boys are waiting for him at the other end they rode on mr long posed for a statue of disappointment hung on the steep trail rather as if he might conclude to coil himself into a ball and roll down the hill to overtake them stop as you come back he bellowed i want to hear about it did jeff uh, mr long did mr long now attempt to escape not so gifted with prevision beyond most mr long's mind misgave him that these young men would be baffled in their pleasing expectations they would be back before sundown very cross and a miner's brogan leaves a track not to be missed that mr long was unfeignedly fatigued from the varied efforts of the day need not be mentioned for that alone would have stayed his flight but the nearest water save escondido was thirty-five miles and at escondido he would be watched for not to say that when he was missed some of the searching party would straightway go to escondido to frustrate him present escape was not to be thought of instead mr long made a hearty meal from the simple viands that had been in course of preparation when he was surprised eked out by canned corn fried in bacon grease to a crisp golden brown then after a cigarette he betook himself to sharpening tools with laudable industry the tools were already sharp but that did not stop mr long he built a fire in the forge set up a step-ladder of matched drills in the blackened water of the tempering tub he thrust a gad and one short drill into the fire when the gad was at a good cherry heat he thrust it hissing into the tub to bring the water to a convincing temperature and when he reheated he did it again from time to time he held the one drill to the anvil and shaped it drawing it alternately to a chisel bit or a bull bit mr long could sharpen a drill with any having been in very truth a miner of sorts he could toy thus with one drill without giving it any very careful attention and his thoughts were now busy on how best to be mr long accordingly from time to time he added an artistic touch to mr long grime under his fingernails a smudge of smut on an eyebrow his hands displeased him 
after some experimenting to get the proper heat of it he grasped the partially cooled gad with the drill pincers and held it very lightly to a favoured few of those portions of the hand known to chiromaniacs as the mounts of jupiter saturn and other extinct immortals satisfactory blisters while you wait were thus obtained these were pricked with a pin some were torn to tatters with dust and coal rubbed in to give them a venerable appearance the pain was no light matter but mr long had a real affection for mr bransford's neck and it is trifles like these that make perfection the next expedient was even more heroic mr long assiduously put stone dust in one eye leaving it tearful bloodshot and violently inflamed and the other one was sympathetically red did i steal in my eye explained mr long unselfish devotion such as this is all too rare all this time at proper intervals mr long sharpened and resharpened that one long-suffering drill he tripped into the tunnel and smote a mighty blow upon the country rock with a pick therefore qualifying that pick for repointing and laid it on the forge as next on the list what further outrage she meditated is not known for he now heard a horse coming up the trail he was beating out a merry tattoo when a white-hatted head rose through a trap-door rose above the level of the dump rather hammer in hand long straightened up joyfully as best he could but could not straighten up the tell-tale droop of his shoulders it was not altogether assumed either this hump jeff uh, mr long had not done so much work of this sort for years and there was a very real pain between his shoulder-blades still but for the exigencies of art he might have borne his neck less turtle-wise than he did hello got him where's your partner watching the gap the young man rather breathless from the climb answered the last question first as he led his horse on the dump no we didn't get him but he can't get away hiding somewhere in the basin afoot found his horse pretty well done up the insolence of the outlaw's letter smote him afresh he reddened no tracks going out of the basin two of our friends guarding the other end they say he can't get out over the cliffs anywhere that's so the speech came jerkily he was still short of breath from his scramble not without a flying machine said long no way out that i know of except where the wagon road goes what's he done robbery murder we'll see that he don't get out by the wagon road asserted the youth confidently watch the gaps and starve him out oh speaking of starving said toby go into the tent and i'll bring you some supper while you tell me about it baked up another batch of bread on the chance you come back why thank you very much mr uh, long toby long mr long my name is gurdon steele glad to meet you why if you will be so kind that is what i came up to see you about if you can let us have what we need of course we will pay you for it of course you won't it had not needed the offer to place mr gurdon steele quite accurately he was a handsome lad fresh complexioned dressed in the western manner as practised on the boardwalk you're welcome to what i got sure but i ain't got much variety gwen the old liar said he was coming out the twentieth sure enough he didn't so the grub's running low 
table in the tent come on oh no i couldn't you know rex that's my partner is quite as hungry as i am you see but if you could give me something anything you have to take down there i really couldn't you know the admirable doctrine of noblesse oblige in its delicate application by this politeness was easier for its practitioner than to put it into words suited to the comprehension of his hearers he concluded lamely i'll take it down there and we will eat it together see here said toby i'm as hungry to hear about your outlaw as you are to eat i'll just throw my bedding and a lot of chuck on your saddle we'll carry the coffee-pot and frying-pan in our hands and the sugar-can and things like that you can tank up and give me the news in small chunks at the same time afterward two of us can sleep while one stands guard this was done it was growing dark when they reached the bottom of the hill the third guardsman had built a fire rex this is mr long who has been kind enough to grubstake us and share our watch with us mr steele you have observed had accepted mr long without question but his first impression of mr long had been gained under circumstances highly favourable to the designs of the latter gentleman mr steele had come upon him unexpectedly finding him as it were in medias res with all his skilfully arranged scenery to aid the illusion the case was now otherwise the thousand-tongued vouching of his background lacked to him mr long had not save his own unthinkable audacity to belie his face withal from the first instant mr rex griffith was the prey of suspicion acute bigoted churlish deep dark distrustful damnable and so on down to zealous he had a sharp eye he wore no puttees and mr long had a vaguely uncomfortable memory holding over from some previous incarnation of having seen that long shrewd face in a courtroom the host on hospitable rights intent likewise all ears and eager questionings was all unconscious of hostile surveillance nothing could be more carefree more at ease than his bearing his pleasant anticipatory excitement was the natural outlook for a lonely and newsless man as the heart panteth for the water so he thirsted for the story but his impatient hasty questions following false sense delayed the telling of the arcadian tale so innocent was he so open and above board that griffith watching alert felt thoroughly ashamed of himself yet he watched doubting still though his reason rebelled at the monstrous imaginings of his heart that the outlaw unarmed and unasked should venture pshaw such effrontery was inconceivable he allowed steele to tell the story himself contributing only an occasional crafty question designed to enable his host to betray himself bransford interrupted mr long not jeff bransford up south rainbow way that's the man said steele i don't believe it said long flatly he was sipping coffee with his guests he put his cup down i know him a little he don't oh there's no doubt of it interrupted steele in his turn he detailed the circumstances with skilful care besides why did he run away gee you ought to have seen that escape it was splendid well now who'd a thought that demanded long still only half convinced 
he didn't strike me like that kind of a man well you never can tell how come you fellows to be chasing him you see said Steele, every one was sure he'd gone up to rainbow the sheriff and posse is up there now looking for him but we four stone and harlow the chaps at the other end were with us you know we were up at the foothills on a deer hunt we were out early sun-up is the best time for deer they tell me and we had a spy-glass well we just happened to see a man ride out from between two hills quite a way off stone noticed right away that he was riding a sorrel horse it was a sorrel horse that bransford stole you know we didn't suspect though who it was till a bit later then rex tried to pick him up again and saw that he was going out of his way to avoid the ridges keeping cover you know then we caught on and took after him pell-mell he had a big start but he was riding slowly so as not to make a dust that is till he saw our dust and then he lit out you're not deputies then said long oh no not at all said Steele, secretly flattered so harlow and stone galloped off to town the program was that they'd wired down to escondido to have horses ready for them come down on number six and head him off they were not to tell anyone in arcadia there's five thousand dollars reward out for him but it isn't that exactly it was a cowardly beastly murder don't you know and we thought it would be rather a big thing if we could take him alone you got him penned all right said toby he can't get out so far as i know unless he runs over us or the men at the other end by george we must get away from this fire too he set the example dragging the bedding with him to the shelter of a big rock he could pick us off too slick here in the light how are you gonna get him there's a heap of country in that basin all rough and broken full of boulders mighty good cover starve him out said griffith this was base deceit deep in his heart he believed that the quarry sat beside him well fed and contented yet the unthinkable insolence of it if this were indeed bransford dulled his belief long laughed as he spread down the bed he'll shoot a deer maybe if he had it all planned out he may have grub cached in there somewhere there's water tanks in the rocks say what are your partners at the other side going to do for grub oh they brought out cheese and crackers and stuff said gerd i'll tell you what boys you've bit off more'n you can chaw said jeff uh, toby that is he can't get out without a fight but then you can't go in there to hunt for him without weakening your guard and he'd be under shelter and have all the best of it he'd shoot you so dead you'd never know what happened i don't want none of it i'd as leave put on boxing gloves and crawl into a hole after a bear look here now this is your show but i'm a heap older than you boys want to know what i think certainly said rex going to talk turkey to me an avaricious light came into long's eyes of course you're in on the reward said rex diffidently and rather stiffly we're not in this for the money i can use the money whatever share you want to give me said long dryly but if you take my advice my shares won't be but a little i think you ought to keep under shelter at the mouth of this canyon one of you and let the other one go to escondido and send for help quick and a lot of it what's the matter with you going asked griffith disingenuously he wanted long to show his hand 
it would never do to abandon the siege of double mountain to arrest this soit disant long on mere suspicion on the other hand mr rex griffith had no idea of letting long escape his clutches until his identity was established one way or the other beyond all question that was why long declined the offer his honest gaze shifted i ain't much of a rider he said evasively young griffith read correctly the thought which the excuse concealed evidently long considered himself an elder soldier if not a better than either of his two young guests but wished to spare their feelings by not letting them find it out griffith found this plain solution inconsistent with his homicidal theory a murderer fleeing for his life would have jumped at the chance there are two sides to every question let us this once prove both sides wholly oblivious to griffith's lynx-eyed watchfulness and his leading questions mr long yet recognized the futility of an attempt to ride away on mr griffith's horse with mr griffith's venison there we have the other point of view we'll have to send for grub anyway pursued the sagacious mr long i've only got a little left and that old liar gwen won't be out for four days if he comes then and er uh, look now if i was you boys i'd let the sheriff and his posse smoke your badger out they get paid to tend to that that looks to me like someone was going to get hurt you've done enough all this advice was so palpably sound that the doubter was for the second staggered for a second only this was the man he had seen in the prisoner's stock he was morally sure of it for all the difference of appearance this was the man yet those blasts the far-seen fire the hearty welcome this delivery of himself into their hands griffith scarcely knew what he did think he blamed himself for his unworthy suspicions he blamed gertie more for having no suspicions at all anything else he said that sounds good toby studied for some time well he said at last there may be some way he can get out i don't think he can but he might find a way he knows he's trapped but likely he has no idea yet how many of us there are so we know he'll try and he won't be just climbing for fun he'll take a chance steele broke in he didn't leave any rope on his saddle toby nodded so he means to try it now here's five of us here seems to me that someone ought to ride round the mountain the first thing in the morning and every day afterward only here's hopin there won't be many of em to look for tracks there isn't one chance in a hundred he can climb out but if he goes out of here afoot we've got him sure the man on guard wants to keep in shelter it's light to-night there's no chance for him to slip out without being seen you say the old watchman ain't dead yet mr griffith no the latest bulletin was that he was almost holding his own hope he gets well said long good old geezer now cap i've worked hard and you've ridden hard better set your guards and let the other two take a little snooze griffith was not proof against the insidious flattery of this unhesitant preference he flushed with embarrassment and pleasure well if i'm to be captain gerd will take the first guard till eleven then you come in till two mr long i'll stand from then on till daylight
in five minutes mr long was enjoying the calm and restful sleep of fatigued innocence but his poor captain was doomed to have a bad night of it with two bransfords on his hands one in the basin and one in the bed beside him his head was dizzy with the vicious circle like the gentlewoman of the nursery rhyme he was tempted to cry rock a mercy on me this is none of i if he hailed his bedmate to justice and the real bransford got away that would be a nice predicament for an ambitious young man he was sensitive to ridicule and he saw here such an opportunity to earn it as knocks but once at any man's door if on the other hand while he held bransford cooped tightly in the basin this thrice accursed long should escape him and there should be no bransford in the basin what nonsense what utter twaddle bransford was in the basin he had found his horse and saddle his tracks no tracks had come out of the basin immediately on the discovery of the outlaw's horse gird had ridden back post haste and held the pass while he the captain had gone on to the mouth of the southern canyon and posted his friends he had watched for tracks of a footman every step of the way going and coming there had been no tracks bransford was in the basin he watched the face of the sleeping man but by heaven this was bransford was ever a poor captain in such a predicament a moment before he had fully and definitely decided once for all that this man was not bransford could not be bransford that it was not possible his reason unwaveringly told him one thing his eyesight the other yet bransford or an unfortunate twin of his lay now beside him and for further mockery slept peacefully serene untroubled he looked upon the elusive mr long with a species of horror the face was drawn and lined yet but forty-eight hours of tension would have left bransford's face not otherwise he had noticed bransford's hands in the courtroom noticed their well-kept whiteness due as he had decided to the perennial cowboy glove this man's hands as he had seen by the campfire were blistered and calloused calluses were not made in the day he took another look at long oh thunder he crept from bed he whispered a word to sentry steel not to outline the distressing state of his own mind but merely to request steel not to shoot him as he was going up to the mine he climbed up the trail chewing the unpalatable thought that gurdon had seen nothing amiss yet gird had been at the trial the captain began to wish he had never gone on that deer hunt he went into the tent struck a match lit a candle and examined everything closely there was no gun in the camp and no cartridges he found the spill of twisted paper under the table smothered his qualms and read it he noted the open book for future examination in english and now toby's labor had their late reward for rex missed nothing every effort brought fresh disappointment and every disappointment spurred him to fresh effort he went into the tunnel he scrutinized everything even to the drills in the tub the food supply tallied with long's account no detail escaped him and every detail confirmed the growing belief that he captain griffith was a doddering imbecile he returned to the outpost convinced at last 
nevertheless merely to quiet the ravings of his insubordinate instincts now in open revolt he restaked the horses nearer to camp and cautiously carried both saddles to the head of the bed concession merely encouraged the rebels to further and successful outrages the government was overthrown he drew sentry steel aside and imparted his doubts that faithful follower heaped scorn mockery laughter and abuse upon his shrinking superior recounted all the points from the first blasts of dynamite to the present moment which favoured the charitable belief above mentioned as newly entertained by captain griffith concerning himself this belief of captain griffith was amply endorsed by his subordinate in terms of point and versatility of course they look alike i noticed that the minute i saw him the same amount of legs and arms features all in the forepart of his head hair on top one body wonderful why you pitiful ass that ransford person was a mighty keen-looking man in any company this fellow's a yokel an old rusty cap-and-ball single-shot muzzle-loader the bransford was an automatic steel-frame high velocity the better head he has the more apt he is to do the unexpected ah shut up you've got incipient paresis stuff your ears in your mouth and go to sleep the captain sought his couch convinced but holding his first opinion savagely minded to arrest mr long rather than let him have a gun to stand guard with he was spared the decision mr long declined gurdon's proffered gun saying that he would be right there and he was a poor shot anyway gurdon slept long took his place and captain rex from the bed watched the watcher never was there a more faithful sentinel than mr long without relaxing his vigilance even to smoke he strained every faculty lest the wily bransford should creep out through the shadows the captain saw him a stooped figure sitting motionless by his rock always alert peering this way and that turning his head to listen once toby saw something he crept noiselessly to the bed and shook his chief griffith came with his gun something was stirring in the bushes after a little it moved out of the shadows it was a prowling coyote the captain went back to bed once more convinced of long's fidelity but resolved to keep a relentless eye on him just the same and all unawares as he revolved the day's events in his mind the captain dropped off to troubled sleep mr long woke him at three there had been a temptation to ride away but the saddles were at the head of the bed the ground was stony he would be heard he might have made an attempt to get both guns from under the pillow but detection meant ruin for him since to shoot these boys or to hurt them was out of the question escape by violence would have been easy and assured jeff preferred to trust his wits he was enjoying himself very much when the captain got his relentless eyes open and realized what had chanced he saw that further doubt was unworthy half an hour later the unworthy captain stole noiselessly to long's bedside and saw to his utter rage and distraction that mr bransford was there again it was almost too much to bear he felt that he should always hate long even after bransford was safely hanged 
ransford's head had slipped from long's pillow hating himself griffiths subtly withdrew the miner's folded overalls and went through the pockets he found there a knife smelling of dynamite matches a turquoise carved to what was plainly meant to be the form of a bad-tempered horse and two small specimens of ore altogether the captain passed a wild and whirling night End of chapter twelve